all full of authentic points of view. Myself alone have at least 22. They come from the things that we have been through. Those things can either make or break you. Life is full of ups and downs. It's our choice to either smile or frown. Please choose to smile today. Because it's one thing that's free to give away. People say that life isn't hard. It's what you make of it. But what if only struggle surrounds you? What can you take from it? Life can be hard and some things aren't fair. Please listen to others just to be aware. All I'm saying, you never know what someone's going through. Just because they look happy doesn't make it true. Hopefully this podcast will help you see. You are not alone. You have at least got me. We are more alike than you may know. But if we stay quiet, we will never grow. Don't ever give up because you got this. If you quit, think of all the opportunities that you could miss. We are all full of authentic points of view. Myself alone have at least 22. They come from the things that we have been through. Those things can either make or break you. Life is full of ups and downs. It's our choice to either smile or frown. Please choose to smile today. Because it's one thing that's free to give away. People say that life isn't hard, it's what you make of it, but what if only struggle surrounds you, what can you take from it? Life can be hard and some things aren't fair, please listen to others just to be aware. All I'm saying, you never know what someone's going through, just because they look happy doesn't make it true. Hopefully this podcast will help you see, you are not alone, you have at least got me. We are more alike than you may know, but if we stay quiet, we will never grow. Don't ever give up, because you got this. Think of all the opportunities that you could miss. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Authentic Points of View. I am your host, as always, Danielle Boer. And today's guest is me, <laughs> literally. Um, I'm not interviewing myself. I remember when I f- did the first episode of season one and people said, why would you interview yourself? I'm like, I'm not. I'm just talking. So today, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk a little bit. I'm really excited. A lot has changed. So I wanted to come on here and kind of um, reintroduce myself for people that haven't listened to season one. Maybe you just jumped in and listened anywhere in season two. Uh, So like I said, I'm Danielle Boer. I am a mom, a nurse, a podcast host, a comedian i'm not doing stand-up really that much anymore um i wrote a sitcom pilot i'm about to be a published author this year um i am a life coach now and so i'm really excited about that and that's what i want to talk to you about so i'm very transparent person and honest and just wanted to say that i literally fell down the stairs um two days ago so if you're watching i don't know if you can see it yeah there we go there's a big old bruise uh (laughs) it hurts and it's swollen um and i'm bruised in lots of different places but anyway hey it's okay right you gotta go with it and just keep keep on trucking so all right first of all what in the world is a life coach people don't really know what it is and honestly i didn't know they were around as long as they have been so i was watching a movie from like maybe 10 years ago and they said something about being a life coach and i was like really that was something oh occupation back in the day uh but it's pretty cool so basically what a life coach is is that I'm a certified life coach. You really don't need to be certified, to be honest, to be a life coach, uh, because we can't, you know, we're not therapists. We're not 
clinical so we're not licensed we're just certified so therefore you know it's not the same as a therapist psychiatrist psychologist all those things so we can't diagnose of course um of course we don't have nothing to do with medications nothing like that so you know it's a little bit different than my nursing because in nursing of course I pass out meds I do hands-on physical things and that kind of stuff this is basically just literally emotional in words and really helping people well whatever way so there's fitness health coaches that help you lose weight or you know eat a certain diet or whatever or gain muscle or whatever there is financial coaches that help you save money for retirement um pay off bill debt all kinds of stuff it's really cool i know one actually uh his name is ohan the money doctor i if you listened he was one of my guests uh then there's oh my gosh relationship coaches there's like menstrual cycle coaches i didn't even know that was a thing but it's pretty cool uh specifically for women there's ones for men i interviewed an amazing guy named shane thraft who is a adhd coach and i'm gonna have to get his help later on uh, i just did an interview with karen shable always say it wrong and she is an intuitive eating coach so there's a lot of coaches i have a uh, my coach is actually a doctor but she's also a coach so uh she does both and she's having a retreat soon which is really cool and that's one of my goals so there's like a million different kinds of coaches but what all of our purposes are is to help people right so you know there's um business coaches there's coaches that help coaches that's all they do is work with coaches so all of us our purpose and our goal is to help people's lives and help them live more fulfilled happy successful lives and different aspects so i'm going to tell you what my coaching is right it's like why are you talking about it then <laughs> so my coaching is grief and ptsd coaching why did i choose that it's a good question to be honest i've been through so much so a little bit about me i was a teen mom had my first one at 18 my second one at 20 i did comedy so part of my jokes are how many baby daddies i have right so they're by different guys and then we so i you know was basically a single mom for a long time and then i left the state went to another state blah dee daddy daddy and you know raised them got married had another kid but when i was younger i was in a lot of abuse uh domestic violence relationships and was homeless at one point when i was pregnant with my second kid um there's just a lot that I've been through. So I was like, well, I don't know what kind of coach I want to be. You know, I'm a nurse, could be a nurse coach. I am uh, a woman. I'm, you know, a mother, this, this, and that, right? And I could help people that have been through domestic violence, whatever. So it wasn't until I entered a contest, okay? And it is a speaking contest, and congratulations to the winner. You may not ever see this, but congratulations. It was really cool. So I'm really happy um, for the winner. But anyways, so it was a speaking contest. And I was like literally competing with people that have been doing this for like a million years. Okay. They are real professional. Some of them are million, multi-millionaires. Okay. And once i entered that contest we had to write a two minute 
two minutes. Okay. You see me talking. Uh, I have a hard time talking for two minutes. It was a one minute and a two minute. The first round was one minute. So I had to say all this stuff in one minute. Or was it two minutes? No, literally. I think it was one minute. So, um, you know, I mean, that was difficult and a challenge. But what I talked about was losing my brother. And so all that made sense at that point. And I'm like, oh, that's what I want to do. So I, my brother passed away at 26 years old. I was one year older than him. And I was kind of like a second mom to him at one point. And um, we were very close, super close. But we also fought like the Dickens. Because <laughs> I was like literally like his second mom in, in high school. And um, but he was kind of like on the low, like my best friend. We had the same friend group and I just love them. Right. Of course, it's my brother. Uh, so when he died tragically, uh, that was really hard for me. And unfortunately, unfortunately, I witnessed it on the phone. So I really experienced PTSD, um, all the cycles of grief, the stages. And I really shut down and was numb. And it was like all two people. And it was like the outside person that was the single mom that had to keep going. And I wanted to drop out of, of college. And so I literally was going to. And thank goodness I had people in my corner like, no, don't do that. So I kept going. And so on the inside, I was like darkness, numbness, just was like barely functioning. On the outside, it looked like, oh, there's Danielle. She's just, you know, doing her thing like she always does. But that's not how I felt. So, you know, years, okay, years um, went by and I graduated nursing school. Woohoo. And I'm a nurse, I told you. And I was triggered though. So many things triggered me that I literally, it was like, I would like duck and cover, literally, not even kidding. Like, if you watch a movie and you hear certain sounds or, like, a car backfiring can sound like, a you know, different things, I would be triggered. If somebody said certain words, I would be triggered. I would literally break down. I would cry. I would, like, just stare. And in nursing school and psych clinicals, that's not really therapeutic and good, right? <laughs> So I had to adjust and adapt, right? So that's what I did. It literally just kept functioning. And even though I was getting triggered, I had to really suppress them, especially while I was in nursing school and around real people that were going through these real horrible things. And they were in the psych unit and I could not respond like that. Like it just wasn't, it wasn't okay. And I knew that. So when we would debrief, I would cry in front of people. They would make fun of me. It was just not fun. But I knew I couldn't do it in front of the, I don't know. They're not really called patient, I guess, clients, patients, whatever. So it kind of, you know, made me tougher, but I still had it and it was still happening. So fast forward. I was really stuck in denial for a while and just like guilt for years so when I started talking about this and my whole thing was about my brother um and I practiced so I practiced my speech in front of people and I saw their reaction and I literally reacted to them reacting. And I was like, and I started crying. But I got to the point where I could talk about him in the situation that happened uh, when he passed without really breaking down. And that takes a lot of time. So when I got certified, 
as a life coach, I have a few certifications. I'm just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then that was my aha moment doing the speaking contest. And I'm like, oh, no, that's who I need to help. Because I met so many people there. Actually, ironically, three of us were standing in a triangle. So weird. It's so cool how energy and how everything works. And uh, if you believe in God, whatever, how everything works. So we were standing in a triangle. And none of us got to hear each other's speeches. I think one of them said like, hey, practice or whatever. And then all three of us had lost our brother. And that's what we were talking about. How crazy. All three of us standing together were talking about losing our brother. And it's like, it was like, wow, we were meant to talk to each other and meet. So at that aha moment, I said, you know what? I have to help people that are grieving and when you look on social media so sad all the time somebody's passing away somebody's grieving from a loss of a job when I was um working in this one in this one department we got them ready so I don't do pre-op a lot anymore but we got them ready to go to surgery And this one lady was getting an amputation of her leg and she already had an amputation of her other leg and she grieved the loss of that leg before it even happened. And it's just, it's so sad. Like you can grieve so many things, loss of a job relationship, a loss of a limb, um, a loss of a person, of course, a pet, whatever, a loved one. And so that's really important to me because I know how I felt when I lost one of the closest people to me, which was my brother. And that stemmed that. Now, where did the PTSD thing come from? So, of course, with post-traumatic stress disorder. So, here's the thing. It's not just regular, like, oh, my gosh, I'm stressed out, right? No. That PTSD comes stems from trauma. It could be trauma that's happened over and over again. Could be something so horrendous that you witnessed, that you did, um, that happened to you, that you know happened in front of you. Whatever happened to a loved one in front of you, any stranger, whatever. So those things can cause that now um what else can cause it of course i mean the military my dad was in the army for 20 plus years and a lot of them that go to war in different situations unfortunately they get ptsd and they don't get enough help and it's so sad so they witness again some horrendous things uh, to civilians, to the other people that are in the military in the other countries or their friends or them. Maybe their uh, leg has gotten, you know, essentially amputated in a bad way. Uh, so those things definitely can cause you um, PTSD, abuse, um, just all kinds of stuff. Unfortunately, sexual abuse, molestation, um, physical, mental, everything, those things can cause you PTSD. So why is that important to me? Of course, I went through a lot of things that I feel like caused me to have PTSD several different times. And I have different triggers. So with that, I feel like, you know, and I'm not a therapist or a doctor or whatever. I feel like PTSD, though, is so severe that those things can trigger you at any time. Okay. So like the thought of that incident, the thought of the person, the thought of whatever happened or whatever you witnessed or whatever happened to you or whatever is causing it those certain things can trigger these feelings, emotions, reactions, 
and can cause you to shut down or do something worse. So that's important for me to help people that are going through that because I don't get triggered by those things anymore. And and lots of things have happened to me, to be honest. I mean, I lost a baby uh, 25 weeks who was stillborn. And that caused me a lot of crap. I mean, like PTSD. I lost them while I was at work, basically. Um, and I say basically because he didn't come out until I was in the ambulance. But I still started to lose them at work. And then people kept asking me, hey, how's the baby? Because I still looked pregnant. Oh, Lord. I would cry. It was so embarrassing. I would just cry in front of them. Like, they were like, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> what's wrong with you? Um, and then what people do to you. Like, for instance, the men that I worked with would say stuff like, well, you're different. You're acting weird. Well, yeah, duh. I just lost a human being, my baby. And so, and the way that I lost the baby was, tra I almost bled out. Like the whole situation was crazy. I don't even want to get into that, but it was very, very traumatic. And um, so, yeah, those things change you. And so it actually helped me though, in a way, because when I learned in, in college and in nursing school that I probably had placenta abrupta because nobody helped me in the hospital. I was a young mom and I already had my two boys nobody wanted to help me nobody was explained anything so when I learned what it was a couple years later when I graduated and got married I got pregnant with my daughter who's nine and found out that I had placenta previa with her so I was so scared that something was going to happen and they said, well, if you make it past 23 weeks, the baby, you know, has a chance of living. And I was like, well, I lost one at 25 weeks. I'm not taking any chances. So I knew how serious it was. And I did everything by the book. Like, literally, I did my bed rest. I did my everything I was supposed to do. I did it. I ate well. I did everything. Like, because I wanted her to be alive and well. And thank goodness that's what happened and she's healthy and she's gonna be 10 which is crazy this year so you know I mean sometimes things happen to warn us or for us to have the knowledge in the future or to help somebody else but I just want to say this so those things are really important to me because I have been through a lot of things that have traumatized me to the point of like trembling scared crying hiding uh shutting down all those things so there's hope that's what I want people to see and to hear is that you will be okay you'll be okay so I have clients and it's such a beautiful thing to be able to see the progress that they make and to hear the awesome things that they tell me. The one will say like, hey, I was able to make her favorite meal, my mom's favorite meal, you know, stuff like that. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. So those steps and one step forward is progress, guys. It's amazing. So I've already been going on and on and on. Everybody knows how I am. But I just wanted to give you a little bit of information and that also to let you know that if you need a coach, I would absolutely love to coach you. I do have group sessions and I need at least five, five clients to be in the groups, okay, to make it work the best and to for you guys to get the best outcome and heal the most so somebody that's going through something we're all going through it in stages different stages right so you will help each other which is amazing but there's also people that it maybe it's too soon to talk in front of other people maybe they're just introverted and they don't want people to know their business maybe they want to heal alone in that instance, I have definitely one-on-one -on -one coaching. And 
either way, it's okay. Even if you do a free discovery call with me and you decide, "Mm, no, I'm not ready, or maybe Danielle's not the one for me to talk to, that's okay as well. But we're going to start off a little bit and I'm going to start talking about the stages of grief really quick, right? So this is going to be informative. It's not just going to talk about just me like, oh, look at me. I want to be a life coach. Well, what can you do for me, right? That's the whole thing. What can I do to make a difference and to help you heal and to grow and to live a happier, healthier, more successful life? Because that's what it's all about. That's what you need to get back to. And I'm telling you, it's so, so, so possible. Now, we're going to talk about grief first. So five stages of grief. You know, there's a lot of different things that I see that they kind of put a couple things together or they'll separate them. Some say there's five, some say there's seven. I was always taught that there's five. So denial. Well, denial is that you don't want to think that it's real. It's hard. That's what I always got stuck in for a while. Uh, Even when I lost a baby, when I lost my brother, other situations, I automatically was like, no, they can't. It's not happening. Even if I witnessed it, right? I was physically there when I lost my baby, of course. I saw him um, and eventually I got to hold him. And then my brother I witnessed that. And so I heard, I know what happened, Uh, but I was in denial. Like when he passed away, when my mom said he actually was gone, I said, no. mm -mm." And she's like, yes, poor thing. She, (laughs) she's like, yes, just believe me. Uh, But that's something that was hard for me is like putting it into reality. You don't really want to fathom that you lost a person or somebody that you love, or maybe you just talk to them, right? And you're just like, wait, no, there's no way. Um, So there's denial, there's anger, of course. So everybody knows what anger is. Anger is, we don't know how to express how we feel. So we're mad. We're mad because life is not fair. Death is not fair or whatever the situation is and again these aren't all about just um loss of a a person because these can also be like related to trauma as well okay so bargaining bargaining is please let them live so i can you know so they can see me graduate or so they can see me they can walk me down the aisle or so I can see them graduate or whatever the case may be like you're bargaining like no take me instead of them and that kind of stuff and that's really hard um very very hard so of course we know what depression is and at this point depression you kind of like what I explained with well like my numbness I never used the word depressed But I kind of was just like floating through like whatever, you know, going from one thing to the next and just numb and became so introverted. I was very extroverted and I got it back, though, everybody. So I became more like I was before uh, after a while. But for a little while, I just was like shut down and uh, it's hard. Um, And then acceptance. So acceptance is beautiful, but some people unfortunately never reach that point. Could be 15, 20, 30, 40 years. There's so many things that people sometimes they don't reach acceptance for. And again, that that could be the loss of a loved one or a pet or whatever, or it could be loss of a limb. Like maybe 15 years after you don't have your leg anymore, you might have to get a prosthesis. You still feel like, wow, like, you know, like you still could be angry about it. You still could feel um, maybe not denial because at that point it's physically in front of you for that many years, but you could still be depressed about it. Right. So 
Acceptance is beautiful. That's what I want to help you get to. Okay. Doesn't mean that we forget. Never, never, never. Never means we forget. We're never going to forget. We're never going to forget about that person. Uh, If it's a person, the pet, the whatever, maybe our favorite job, you know, whatever. But we're not going to forget about those things. But what we're going to do is shift our focus, right? And so that's where I come in. That's what I want to do. I help people shift their focus to focus on, say, for instance, it is the loss of a loved one. What do those people mean to you? So I have my clients before we ever have our first session. I say, name three things. And this is for my discovery call. Name three things or impacts or whatever, like three ways that that person impacted your life or made an impact on the world and or three positive things. So, excuse me. So I say that, right? And that's their homework. So they come and they say, you know, uh, could be something like they had the best smile. I don't know. Um, They gave the best hugs or they always supported me or whatever the case may be. Those things are awesome to focus on because we don't want to focus on how the person passed away. When we do that, we're going to stay in the in, in these stages because it's like a, a endless reminder no pun intended, of the end of their life. But that's not what that person was. For goodness sake, if they die at 80 years old, that lasts whatever, unfortunately, if they're going through cancer or they're battling or whatever, that lasts whatever time of their of their time on the earth is not what defines them, right? My brother's way that he left this earth is not, not what defines him. And it's important, so important, guys, to realize that. Because when you do, it's like a little bit of a weight will be lifted off of your shoulders. Like, okay, right? So, again, sometimes things aren't fair. And it's it's not okay to, you know, I mean... Tragic, really sad things happen. And a lot of people pass in ways that, oh my goodness, when I think about it, I'm like, oh my gosh, it makes me sad too. But that's not, that's something that eventually when we think of them, I don't want that to be your first thought. I don't. Because the value of their life outweighs greatly the last little bit of their life and that doesn't mean that we don't remember it or cherish it but please don't just stay there okay that's makes it so hard to move forward and to process everything so what can you do there are so many things i have a program One of my main things that I work on with PTSD or trauma, you know, based um, clients and grief is 100% forgiveness. Okay. So why is forgiveness important? Why? Forgiveness is important because that's part of the reason why I was stuck for so long. And finally, when I started to forgive, I started to feel 500 times better and I could really be happy the way that I was before because it's like you don't hold it anymore. You're not, you're not like stuck in that moment. So forgiveness allows us to take some steps forward and to see it from a different perspective as well in my opinion forgiving yourself is very important I had to forgive myself like I said I was really guilty I felt guilty um but when you realize that it's not your fault 
even if it is your fault, whatever the situation may be. Um, and again, it's probably not your fault, but even if you had a part in it, you've got to let that go and you've got to forgive yourself. And once I did, and I said, you know what? It's not my fault that my brother died. I, there's nothing else more that I could have done. That's really hard to say. And I'm trying not to get emotional, but, um, once you get to that point, you, it helps you think of the good things and to think of it in a different way or think of the person in a different way. So, you know, I mean, when you forgive other people, that's for you. That's not for them. So, uh, my one son's father was super abusive. I mean, like physically abusive, uh and i had i have to forgive him too now i'm still working on most of the time it's hard uh but you have to and it's for you not them it's not excusable what they did it's not forgivable what they did but for you to live happily and successfully and healthy and all those things and heal you gotta forgive. I can help you with that as well. So those are some of the things that have to do with the grief coaching. And grief coaching, my last session with you is always a celebration. So we're going to celebrate if it's a person that we lost or a dog or whatever, we're going to celebrate. and We're going to think of ways to have their legacy live on, right? So really cool. Um, my sister's actually doing this, um, a cookbook. And so she's making a cookbook for her kids for when she passes. Because a lot of times we think, oh, wow, it would have been really cool to have grandma's recipes, right? But if you do it ahead of time, that's really smart. But that's something you could do for the loved ones. Say, for instance, it was your mom and you want to pass down her recipes to your kids or maybe your siblings or whatever. That's a really beautiful way to tribute her. Or it could be your child. And I hope you never lose a child. But if you do, you can do a scholarship fund in your child's name. You can do write a book. I know so many authors that write books to help people from their that stemmed from their loss or their trauma and that's a beautiful way to help others and and the book that I'm a co-author in power up your past actually that's what we do which is really cool I'm excited for it to come out and so those those are amazing things that we can do and a lot of the sessions in between there's a lot of other things that we do when it comes to uh, grief that I have um, kind of broken down. But this is my little book that I use. And each client will have a page. And then every time we meet, you have a page. And so it tracks your goals and your um everything that we've done so it will we just keep track of it and then at the end we again we celebrate um so it's it's gonna it's really awesome and hopefully healing and therapeutic some people need longer than the program is and then you can keep going you can have me for a whole year if you want and then just I do have that package as well. So there's all kinds of things that we can do when it comes to trauma. So trauma, number one, what we're going to do is focus on what caused you the PTSD. That's number one. Okay. Number two, what are your triggers? Do you recognize your triggers? And that's the really big point that you have to make when it comes to trauma is that 
recognizing those and then seeing like knowing when they're coming or feeling them or knowing if something is triggering you what do you do at that moment right so that's what I help with as well and that can do with grief too because just losing someone certain things can trigger you for instance if they pass away in a car that can you know people not wearing their seatbelt maybe can trigger you or somebody driving too fast something like that you know what i'm saying like so there's lots of things and that's the hard thing also and challenging i'm going to say not hard because it's possible the challenging thing is if there's multiple triggers maybe say sometimes people can have 20 triggers one at a time right that's what we have to work on one at a time what is the worst one what is the one that de debilitates you um, uh makes you so stuck that you don't want to leave the house or that you can't go to a certain place or whatever the case may be that's what we need to work on first and then with trauma we're gonna grow and heal and make baby steps and process progress not process sorry and that's the whole goal of that and this is all led by you so it's led by the client. What do you need? You're going to identify your main objectives, like your goal. What do you want to get out of this? And then we're going to work towards that. And I'm going to work with you to figure out. I'm going to have you make a list and write things down. I'm going to have you sometimes reminisce on things. And if it causes too much problems, then we'll just back back away from that for the moment it's not to hurt you all this is to do is to help you heal and that's my whole purpose of doing this because to be honest I'm listening to so many stories and some really sad traumatic tragic incidences or stories and I'm just like whoo and I really just get like a sense of peace and really feel like very humbled that anybody would really even trust me with their life and their information and their stories and their family stories or whatever the case may be and be so vulnerable and humble and honest and um, you know just like that stuff means the world to me so it gives me like such a good feeling of like I want you to know that there's hope right so um let me clarify I don't want to say peace because you have issues of course that's not what I meant um but a sense of peace of like when you get to the point where you can go to the place like say for instance something bad happened at i don't know say something bad happened at kroger okay and you cannot go to kroger you don't can't even drive past the kroger you don't want to go to kroger and i know this is really extreme but this is just an example and then we've been working together and you say hey i drove past kroger oh my gosh how exciting right so we're gonna celebrate those little teeny teeny steps forward those little successes all of those are successes the more and more you step out of your shell or your depression or your hole that you're in so many people tell me i feel like i'm in a hole once you step out of that and you able you can function and you can do things that you used to do and you're actually smiling and you're feeling better you could talk about the person maybe that you lost and not cry and it's okay to cry it's okay but those things are awesome and I'll be so proud of you also you know I just want to say this that everybody grieves differently everybody so there's no right way there's no wrong way there's no 
whatever way. You might not go through all the stages. You might not experience what other people are experiencing. So please try not to let others influence you or make you feel like you're doing something wrong. I'm doing this wrong or I haven't gotten over it. That's like the worst thing somebody can say to you, right? Get over it. It's been a year. Excuse me? You don't know how it feels, right? So we all have different ways to process grief or trauma or whatever. So there's no wrong way. There's no right way. If you know someone that is shutting you out, that's not talking to you like they used to, isn't acting the same, talk to them. Reach out to them and say, hey, are you okay? You never know what someone's going through, right? That's part of my song. But, and everybody says it, so I didn't just write that. But honestly, like you never know what someone's struggling with or going through. So please be there, be available, be non-judgmental, be kind, be a good listener. Just let them know that there's nothing wrong with them. They're okay. It just takes time right and everybody's time frame is different somebody could lose their husband they were with for 20 years and within a, a year they're remarried right that's not wrong but that's their process somebody can lose their husband they were with for 20 years and never get remarried even 30 years later and that's not wrong either Everybody deals with stuff differently. We are all individuals and we're all humans and everything is okay. So I don't want you to ever feel like I'm different. I'm weird. How come I still feel this way? Why is it taking me so long to, you know, get past it? Or why do I still crying when I think about them or when I talk about this or whatever? It's okay. But I want you to be able to function more, right? So we don't want you to stay at that spot, but it's, but nobody has the right to tell anybody how to grieve or how to deal with trauma because they weren't the ones that went through it, right? Everybody's loss is different. Everybody's relationship is different. Everybody's traumatic experiences are different. Everybody's, everything is different, right? Their self is different. We're all different. We all deal with things in a different way. And know that somebody shouldn't have the right to tell you you're not doing it right. Because there's no, there's absolutely no handbook that says every single person in the world is going to deal with PTSD like this. Nope. There's no, nothing that says every single person that grieves is, but I mean, there's stages of grief. There's all kinds of stuff, but nope, there's, there's nothing that says like, Hey, this is exactly what you're going to experience because we don't know. Just know that you're loved and that you're worthy and that you got to keep living and you got to keep fighting. That's all you got to do right? It sounds like, it seems like it's a lot more than it is, but it's really important because you got to keep that legacy alive, that person's story alive. You got to be around to celebrate them to all those things, right? They wouldn't want you to be depressed or God forbid suicidal. I hope not, but uh, or anything like that. They Those loved ones or children or parents or siblings or husband, wife, whatever, uh, cousin, it doesn't matter what they are to you, spouse, uh, partner, whatever. Those people that you lost wouldn't want you to stay like that, to stay in, in gloominess and just never never have success or happiness or whatever so 
that's the whole goal is for you to return to living a happy, successful, healing, motivational, inspirational, those kind of things, that stuff, that kind of life again, and just be functioning and, and just like get control, get control of your grief, get control of your, your trauma, your PTSD, gain that control back. And guess what? You're going to feel like you're on top of the world. I can tell you that. Believe you me. Believe you me. I know. It, that's the best part. And that's the best part about forgiveness is because the control goes from their court to your court. You take that, contr that control back because you're not going to let their actions or words or whatever affect you anymore. And you have control. Woohoo. I'm telling you right now. That is the one of the best feelings ever. It makes you feel so good to be like, all right, I got this and be proud of yourself. You are kicking butt. You're kicking butt. And it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be mad. It's okay to be anything that you are, but just make sure that you don't stay in that dark place. You got to crawl out. You've got to make steps forward, okay, for your benefit and for your kids. If you have kids, that's why I didn't quit at college because I wanted my boys to have a better life. And I was like, I can't just stay how I am and be making hardly any money and support them. So I had to keep going. And I'm thank God I had my kids because I don't know what I would have done otherwise. But um, you got this. Don't ever give up because you got this. If you quit, think of all the opportunities that you could miss. That's right. All right. Love you guys. Peace and love. Spread kindness. Just be there for someone. Reach out to them. Pay attention to words that people say. Pay attention to their nonverbal cues because they could be hinting something to you. And also, I want to say, if your loved one took their own life, it is not your fault. It's not your fault. Doesn't mean that they didn't love you. Doesn't mean that they didn't even love their own life because they do. But at that moment, they don't see the value. But that doesn't mean that it's your fault that doesn't mean that you were not important or that they don't feel like they didn't have much to live for when somebody takes their own life i can tell you this from unfortunately behind the scenes uh but um it's mostly most of the time i think i've only been around for one but unfortunately at, at that but um that they're not in the right mind not in the right state of mind not even at all like the chemicals are not right in their brain the just it's just not really them so just know that you are loved and that is not a reflection of you um, please don't feel guilty. I love you. I would love to talk to you. I give free discovery calls. My Calendly is, um, Calendly and then it's like dot com. C-A-L-E-N-D-L-Y dot com. Um, slash. Well, not slash, but like the forward slash that thing authentic points of view podcast and then if you go on there you can click a discovery call and that would be for the coaching i just don't have a separate link for my calendar um that will be to do the discovery call and there's also one for coaching sessions those are one hour long okay the first one might be longer than an hour and the last one will probably be longer than an hour but um every week once a week for an hour and um 
follow me on Instagram, Authentic Points of View Coaching, and then Authentic Points of View Podcast, and Facebook, Authentic Points of View Podcast, and I believe I have a coaching one on there as well. And follow me, Danielle Boer82 on Instagram, and then Danielle Boer on Facebook. I do a lot of um, inspirational posts, different different posts, me talking a lot, but a lot of different just posters and flyers and stuff like that, different quotes. And so if you ever need to talk, please reach out to me. My email is authenticpointsofview at gmail.com. So know that you're never, ever alone. Okay. I'm here. I don't want you to feel like you're alone and you don't have anybody because I always will be here to talk to you. You can email me and I can give you my phone number and we can text back and forth. I've done that several times and I just want you to know again that you can do this. You got this one day at a time, one step at a time, one everything at a time, one second at a time. And if you're sad, you can be sad, but start the next day with a different mindset. Do positive affirmations. They help me a lot. I love them. Uh, my fiance always tries to help tell me to do meditating. I need to do that. So those things will be helpful. And that's stuff that we implement into the um, my program as well. Also poems. And I'll tell you about that if you reach out. Uh, so thank you so much for listening. This is way longer than I thought I was going to talk by myself. Hopefully you learned something. Hopefully you got something out of this. Hopefully you feel a little bit better. Hopefully you realize that you're not alone. And that unfortunately in our lives, that's something we're all going to have in common is grieving. So um, if you know someone again, that's grieving, please reach out to them and just let them know that you're there. That's it. You don't have to put your two cents in or whatever. Um, just let them know that you're, that you're there because they feel isolated sometimes. And I know I did, and I might've been the one that isolated myself, but I still felt that way. So, all right. Thank you so much, guys. Um, I really, really love y'all. And I'm actually starting a new podcast in a couple months. It is called Turning Trauma to Triumph. Okay. So I will keep talking about that. I want you guys to also follow me and listen to me there. And I'm excited for that podcast. Um, and uh, the new journey of that. And it's not going to be for months. Probably May, June, something like that. But anyway, if you ever want to be a guest, please um, let me know. Come on and talk to me. And we will have a good time because I'm silly. I wasn't as silly in this one, of course, because I'm talking about myself and I'm talking about serious stuff. But um, just know that too. Just because I have done comedy doesn't mean that I will not treat your uh story situation your life your loved ones all that stuff is very serious um I do bring some lightness and and a little bit of fun and different things into our sessions but never will I make light of it and everything is private nothing will be discussed and you will re you will receive a recording every week so you can like watch yourself and see, and then you'll see your progress as well. So I can't wait to talk to you. I'm so excited. And you guys have a fantastic day. And I hope to hear from you soon. See you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Authentic Points of View podcast. I hope that something you heard today changes your point of view. If you would like to share your views, please email me at authenticpointsofview at gmail.com or leave a comment on Facebook at Authentic Points of View Podcast. Remember, always be mindful of other people's journeys. And
and have open ears and an open heart. Thanks for listening to Authentic Points of View podcast. I hope that something you heard today changes your point of view. If you would like to share your views, please email me at authenticpointsofview at gmail.com or leave a comment on Facebook at Authentic Points of View podcast. Remember, always be mindful of other people's journeys and have open ears and an open heart.